and welcome everyone to my very first podcast and I am so excited here on Ryan Blue Reads to you. I am your host Ryan Blue and I am so very excited to introduce to you not only my friend but a new and upcoming author Kelson J and her erotic novel A Russian and an Italian Walk into a Bar. So when I say she is up and coming I mean she is up and <laughs> well, Kelsey and Jay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fucking so I'm exciting. So, so, uh, me too. Right, girls, let's get just down to the nitty and gritty. So we've been friends for a while mm-hmm. and reconnected during this COVID self-isolation, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Me and too. Me too. Seeing on Facebook this information about this novel and mm-hmm. it piqued my curiosity and I read the entire thing. So a book that has 13 chapters, I was flushed by chapter four. So tell me, (laughs) what prompted this type of writing? Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I was flushed by chapter four. (laughs) I wrote the fucking shit. Honestly, um, I found myself single this past year. And so the dating world is crazy now. It's like all online. I was meeting some really interesting guys. And as I was talking to them, I was like, wow, like there's a real niche for um, a storyline based on erotica and dating in the, the social media world. Basically talking to guys, um, you get involved in, um, you know, they want to see nude photos. They want to hear what you're doing. It's a whole fantasy situation that for me personally, I've never been involved in. So I, I started writing about my thoughts based on this new way of dating for me personally. And as I started writing, it evolved into this story and it just kind of took off from there. I mean, I've never even read an erotic novel. So the fact that I wrote one is blowing my fucking mind, to be honest with you. But um, I'm so excited that it's getting great reviews and people are liking it and liking the characters. So yeah, I'm just very blessed to be here. So thank you. Well, no, thank you. So when you start it, this idea and started to put your thoughts to paper. Did you have a lot of fears or apprehensions about wanting to put this out? And if so, how did you get over that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, I'm still a little scared to death because with a book like this comes a lot of criticism. I mean, I'm a woman and I'm talking about having sex with men. Um, I mean, I'm writing about it. It doesn't mean that it's my experiences, but I'm writing them based on fantasies, um, wanting to explore worlds of kink. And yeah, absolutely. I'm afraid of what my family is going to think, what my friends are going to think. Is there going to be criticism based around the fact that I'm a woman and I shouldn't be using words like pussy and cock? (laughs) And let me tell you, when I was typing those words on the paper, I was like, I need another glass of fucking wine because I cannot believe I'm writing this right now. And then when I started sharing the words with people, because I created this Facebook page, this world where I had a private group and I invited a few people and said, Hey, do you want to read some excerpts from this book? I think it's going to be a novel. I don't know where I'm going with it. And the more people got involved, the more people that they invited their own, like their friends and they talked about it. I I started to realize there's a need for this there. I mean, again, I've never read an erotic novel. I didn't jump on the 50 shades of gray bandwagon. Um, So I can't even compare my book to that. All I can say is that women love this. Like women want to, you know, escape from their realities. Uh, I think there are so many women living 
maybe lives where they're not happy in their marriage or um, their relationship is lacking something in the bedroom or something emotionally. And so my character kind of takes you through this premise of sexual liberation and being comfortable with who you are and not making any apologies for it. That's what I absolutely love about this book. So unlike you, my Vestal virgin erotic reading friend, but I have, <laughs> I have um, tested the waters of said erotica literature. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't get anything out of it. It would typically be uh, an audiobook. It are the ones that I have been kind of leaning towards right now because I have children and I don't need anybody coming across anything, but I find them a lot of repetitive words, a lot of unauthentic words in regards to any kind of the female or male anatomy. I don't want to hear taco for vagina. <laughs> I don't want to hear one more, one more expression of my throbbing meat stick. Because, no. So what I will Aww. say, and to the listeners out there, I will be reading a couple little paragraphs from Kelson Jay's book. So don't go away. I will get to that ASAP. But what I do want to ask is the characters in this book. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that motivation for these uh, fellas? Well, I think any good book needs an antagonist. It needs somebody who's going to piss you off but also draw you into the story and make you want to like him or her. It, it creates a conflict for the main character um, who is usually the protagonist. And so in my situation with Tara, my character, my female lead, um, she encounters a guy that she refers to as my Italian. Um, the fact that she refers to him as my Italian shows that there's some form of possession there. She's really interested in him, but her world flips upside down when she meets him because he draws her into this world of kink and everything that she experiences with him is on the phone and she never really meets him. And um, he loves to piss her off and she loves when he pisses her off. So everything she does um, with this character is of her own. Um, uh, I, there was a word uh, I'm lost here. You know, she, it's her idea. He may put it out there for her, but she has control in the end as to what she's comfortable with. And she starts to experience all these new sexual fantasies based on this man who frustrates her to no end. And I think that women for decades have always gravitated to that bad boy. Um, doesn't mean that we all end up with one. Doesn't mean we want to end up with one. But mm -hmm. nine out of 10 women that I've talked to always said there was that one guy that just really drew them in and he was not good for them. And that's what this Italian character does in the book. And yet at the same time, she encounters other men along the way, like the Russian who is sweet and gentle and sexy and quiet, but also very non-committal. And so the Italian puts these, these ideas in her head and she processes them, but brings them to life with the Russian um, because she can't meet the Italian because he's kind of unattainable and we don't know why yet. And you might find out in book two, you might find out in book three. I know you're shaking your head, aren't you? You're like, God, ah, just tell me. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, folks, when you read this book, you will understand why I'm shaking my fists through the screen at Kelson J right now, because I have my theories on a few things which I'm not going to share because 
you will want to read this book. It has such an amazing storyline that it's more than just erotica. It's more than just the sexual experiences that the characters go through. It's the evolution that Ter, the character in the book, Teresa, <laughs> it's what she, in my, in my opinion, as a reader, what she goes through and you see her strength and her confidence and her empowerment and her decisions. And it's a very female, powerful book of sexual liberation. And for me, I think that's why I gravitated so much to it, enjoyed it so much is because first I can relate. First, it created amazing dreams for me because I would think, why can't I have even half? <laughs> Well, let me tell you, it created a lot of dreams for me too, because half of the book was written in my sleep. Like my, my creative mind is kind of crazy that way. I would go to sleep and I would start thinking about these characters and I'd be like, Ooh, what shall I make the Italian do now? And then I would be asleep and I'd like be, I'm waking up a little aroused, not going to lie. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need to write this shit down. Like, you know, so, but I think too, like, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up Catholic and um, my mom didn't talk about sex with me. And so all my sexual experiences were private and, and, and for a lot of people that's okay. But I like that in this situation with Tara, she's very open to the idea of all of these experiences and she doesn't care how it's going to look to anybody. There's a line in my book, um, where she says, as I rediscover who I am as a woman, I make no apologies. And I feel like so many women need to be able to own that and not feel like they're going to be criticized or put down for their, you know, their sexual exploits. Like slut shaming yeah. is a big thing. Yeah. And I'm sorry, men have been doing it for how fucking long and yeah. it's okay. But the second a woman is a little bit, a little bit free flowing and dates more than one guy at a time, she's a slut. Like, I'm sorry. It's 2020 now. Right. So I feel like this book is, come out at a time where a lot of women need to embrace who they are sexually and not care what people think. Absolutely. It's just, it's all about taking ownership and it's not a, you know, burn my bra in the fire. It's really to have the appreciation of what feels good and I'm not hurting anybody to consenting mm -hmm. adults. You know what? Who cares? I don't right. think it's, it's not anybody's business. All right. So before <laughs> we get yeah. too far into this, I'm going to read a little blurb, um, kind of talking about the, the Russian first, and then we will discuss this little blurb that I have read and get Kelson Jay's feedback. And I will give maybe some of my input because I was the one that did choose what I was going to read. So, all right, I'm here so we excited. go. I'm, I'm so excited because I don't know what you're going to read. And it's so crazy to hear somebody read my words. Like I, I'm, I'm freaking out and I'm drinking wine well, while you do this. So let's do it. Let's just hope I can get through it without giggling. <laughs> I want to hear you say cock. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now I feel like I'm going to giggle. Thank God we are having a couple drinks while doing this. The Russian. I wasn't changing my mind, but I was certainly second guessing my abilities. It had been so long since I was touched by a man, really touched. I wondered if he would like what he saw under my clothes or if I would remember how to make a man happy in bed. I wondered if it was surely as easy as riding a bike. Now I was wishing I had just one more drink to take the edge off. 
We checked in at midnight with no luggage to what would soon be deemed our sex hotel. Both of us snickering and giggling under our breath as the man at the front desk slowly took his time to get us set up. Us both wondering if he knew exactly what brought us to this hotel tonight. I felt the Russian put his arms around my waist and pull me close into him as we stood there as patiently as two people could be who were dying to rip each other's clothes off. I remember leaning my face into his shoulder and taking a long, deep breath as I smelt the warmth of his skin. The walk to the room seemed like it took forever and as though we flew there all at the same time. My mind was racing. My heart was beating fast and my hands were shaking. The Russian seemed as cool as a cucumber, but I later learned he was more nervous than he lets on. As the door opened to the room and the Russian flickered on the light, I slid my one heel off and tossed it against the wall. As I bent over to unbuckle my other shoe, I felt the hands of the hot Russian wrap around my waist from behind and move me closer to his body. I laughed nervously, telling him, just let me get this one shoe off first. Shivers ran down my spine as I awkwardly tried to get that damn class off my shoe undone quickly. Once my foot was free, the Russian spun me around and I was now face to face with him as we slid him backwards onto the bed behind us. As I looked into his eyes and kissed his amazingly soft lips, my mind stopped thinking. No longer did I worry. No longer did I worry about how I was going to look naked to him or if I was going to be any good in bed. He took all of my mouth into his and my worries melted away. This man made me feel sexy, sexier than I had been made to feel before. He was quiet in his pleasure and he made it well known with his hands and his mouth how much he was enjoying me and enjoying my body. Our clothes could not come off fast enough. Articles were tossed all over the room as the passion we felt become more and more intense. How I enjoyed kissing his neck, feeling his strong arms under my hands as I grasped his biceps or felt the weight of his chest on my lips. My mouth made its way down to his cock once again. That night and this time, I wasn't going to let him stop what I had started earlier. This time, he didn't want me to stop. Feeling him grab my hair with both his hands made me want to please him even more. Occasionally, I would stop, my mouth on the head of his cock, giving him a little suck and then look up to meet his eyes with mine. I enjoyed seeing the pleasure on his face and the big smile on his lips. Fully naked now and lying on top of the bed covers, the Russian brought my face with his hands up to his and he kissed me gently. Then he kissed me intensely. The passion between us grew and we explored each other's body. A small stream of light shone in through the almost closed curtain. It cast a glow on the two of our naked, sweating bodies as the Russian flipped me over and climbed on top. I was no longer thinking, I was no longer worrying, and I was no longer caring about all the hurt that I had just lived through only a year and a half ago. Dun, dun, dun. And honestly, I'm sweating now. I'm sweating I, listening to you read that. Let me tell you. Wow. That's good I, I could have gone, gone on, but what I want to give people is just kind of like a little, a little taste of the passion between the Russian and the main character and the sexual freedom that she's beginning to feel, especially for myself being an older woman and having had kids and you know, I'm almost 50. So in my mind, I'm comparing or I'm relating to her. So tell me, tell me about this scene. Is this real life? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, don't we all wish we had a Russian in our lives? Oh. Um, you know what? 
I think like Tara's character and there's a backstory of course to every character and I go into it a little bit in the first book but her character was hurt so she went through a you know a divorce whereby the man she was married to never made her feel like she was sexy or attractive or desired and that really plays with your self-confidence clearly and in that excerpt that you read you can hear where she's nervous about the prospect of having sex with this guy for the first time because she's she hasn't been with anybody since the divorce and the fact that she the love of her life you know he chose his demons over her so quite honestly i think that any woman who's been through some sort of breakup a divorce uh, their heart has been hurt goes through that kind of thought process before they end up with somebody else because i feel like we all start to question who we are as a woman are we are we pretty enough are we skinny enough are we um sexual enough is he gonna find me attractive what's he gonna think about my body and like you said being an older woman who's had children Tear is in the book 13 years older than him I mean, you didn't touch on that in that excerpt, but so here she is an older woman and this much younger guy wants to have sex with her. So I feel like that scene is where she starts to starts to realize that all of those things don't really matter. Mm-hmm. And she starts to kind of get more comfortable with it. Yeah. As, as you I, see, sorry, I was going to say, as you see, when you read the book, the progression of how Tara's character evolves through her sexual experiences. What I enjoy the most about the way that you wrote this book is you don't emphasize on attributes like a flat stomach and perky bum and ginormous boobs and a body that would stop a train. You don't, you just make it so much more about passion and her feelings, like her emotion of what, what's happening right here. You touch on body parts, but it was nice to not have to visualize a, and I don't, ha- I'm not body shaming anybody if they're thin or heavy. It's not about body shaming. It's about, I don't want to have to visualize, you know, a blonde haired, big boob, super skinny, tiny waist, big, like, because. No, that's, I- that's Sophia's character. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's that her, is that's, true. That is her best friend, but yep. the book isn't about Sophia. So that's and okay. It- Exactly. Yeah. I just think it's so nice and refreshing to be more focused on, I have strength because of the person that I am, not that here's my strength and I can get any guy because I have these big boobs, because I have a flat tummy, because it's so much more of a female empowering book than just a erotic book where two people bone and they have hot bodies. Now all the dudes have hot bodies. Well, you know, honestly, like when I was writing her character, I didn't put a lot of detail into her looks because I wanted my audience, the female audience, to imagine that it's them as the character. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't emphasize her height or emphasize her weight or the size of her boobs. You know, like she could be anybody and that's what I wanted. Um, yeah, I emphasize the men because come on, this is like women are fantasizing about these guys. So we have to describe them a little bit. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's right. only fair. Right? It's yeah. Only fair. Absolutely. It's- All right, I'm going to read another little blurb, and this part is what I chose to sort of depict a little bit and get a better, a bit, a bit of an understanding of the Italian. All right, so let's do it. The Italian, dun, 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 dun. I'm going to get one more little, one more sip of my beer. (laughs) Yeah, I need some wine. (laughs) Trust me, folks. 
I tell you, this podcast stuff is super fun, but it's this reading that just, it makes me blush and it shouldn't, but it really does. All right, here we go. <clears throat> when he answered the phone, I think my heart melted a little. He sounded so damn sexy. His voice was quiet yet in control. With a steaminess in his voice, he asked me, tell me how your pussy feels. I moaned as I placed my fingers into my now very wet vagina. Hearing him talk to me while I played with myself made me more and more excited. I was no longer worried about Sophia catching you red-handed. I was enjoying this new side of me. As I continued to play with myself, I could hear my Italian on the other end of the phone moaning and asking me, you like that, don't you? You like being my naughty girl. His breathing became more rapid and I could hear the flesh of his cock sliding in his hand as he whispered, you like pleasing me, don't you? You understand? I agreed. You like being naughty for me, don't you? He whispered. I moaned in agreement. Tell me you want to please me, he demanded. I want to please you, I sighed. You understand? He asked once more, all while stroking his hard cock. I do, I answered. I understand, I panted. I couldn't believe how horny he was making me over the phone. I had never experienced anything like that before. My past relationships were more traditional, boring, really. And this was a new world for me. I was enthralled in the moment and getting more excited with every word he spoke. As my fingers continued to explore my wet pussy and pulsating clit, I found myself having a hard time containing myself. With excitement building, I heard myself shouting, oh my God, I do, I want to please you. I cried out as I came into my hand, hearing him come into his on the other end of the phone. I lied there for a few moments in silence, just trying to catch my breath and come to terms with what had just happened. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa, you picked a good steamy excerpt, love it. Yeah, and that was the reason I chose that is really to get an understanding of kind of two sides of this sexual exploration that the character is going through and to get an understanding about the exploration and maybe a beginner's guide into kink. If a lot of people aren't too familiar with it, that's kind of why I chose this and to get an understanding. I feel to me, this represents the Italian. Mm, most definitely. Yeah. It's he, he brings her into his world in that one phone conversation and she's enthralled in who this man is now and the mystery behind him and the fact that he could turn her on with yeah. just his voice. And it's hot. Like it's like, that's over the phone. Like that was a phone conversation and all that business going on. And I was just like, like, I'm sweating right now. Like my cheeks, are, they're probably pink and shiny right now. <laughs> so are mine actually. <laughs> But it is such, the development of the characters are amazing because I found myself, now again, there's more than just the two fellas and we can talk a little bit more about that, but I chose just the, the two fellas here because it's what the book, the title is, involves these two characters. But when you read it, you do have a team. Like you're either team this, team this, team this, team this. And right now, and I'll say what team I am. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. I want, um, hashtag, <laughs> oh, no. who, doesn't, who doesn't want a Cuban cigar? <laughs> I am totally, Love it. my heart so far belongs to the scorpion. Kelson J, tell us a little bit about the other characters and the story with all of them. There are a few, aren't there? Um, well, I mean, terror encounters a man that she refers to as a Cuban. He's of Cuban nationality. He's 
dark skinned, he's sexy, he's got a body. I think she says that goes on for days. I mean, this guy works out in the gym all the time. He's healthy, takes care of himself. And he is like on her bucket list. Like, I, I don't know about you. And I know that, you know, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. But me personally, I always wanted a Cuban. Like, I want a guy that looks like he is not afraid of the gym. <laughs> Especially as an older woman, right? So, I mean, so when she encounters the Cuban, he's lusty. He's passionate. Um, he's all about pleasing her. And so she decides, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go for this guy. Right. But of course I don't want to give too much away. You got to read the book. Um, she also encounters that, you know, typical douchebag. How many of us have not, or have, um, you know, met a guy who played all his cards the way you thought that they should be played. Like he was sweet. He was kind. He was thoughtful. He was like the perfect guy. And he was a player. And so, I mean, we need to have that guy in the story because not all these guys are going to be great that she's going to encounter in the dating world. And I'm sorry, but as being a single woman, I encountered quite a few douchebags in my time. And that's what gave me the idea to write about this character. And then uh, the scorpion, your favorite, right? Ah, the scorpion, the scorpion. Well, the scorpion is somebody from her past. And I touch on that a little bit. Um, so she has a past relationship with him that was hot and steamy and young. It was young. And, um, he comes back into her life and he kind of flips things around on her. So that's all I'm going to say about the scorpion. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. Right. No. Yeah. No. no, no, I, that's, I think that's great because the thing that that's another part that I enjoyed about this book too and again, when I keep saying that I enjoyed about this book, I'm talking about sometimes when I've read erotic literature before, it's really just reading about the sex scenes and then, you know, you call it a day. This it's like porn, is, right? It's like porn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Give me four minutes and, you know, done and done. Whatever. <laughs> this was a, it was a book. It had a storyline. It kept, kept me engaged. Uh, the sex scenes were freaking hot. Like, hot and the one thing that i will say and i think we we talked about this when you and i just have our own little chats is i feel for myself it really inspired me to really dive more into my personal growth and my authenticity and it was actually because of kelson J, y'all that <laughs> i thought to myself you know what this is stuff that i've been looking for on podcasts that i haven't found something that speaks to me. So I thought, why don't I just do a podcast reading what I enjoy? Hopefully that this will help other people find literature when they've been looking. It helps to promote a lot of authors and win-win situation. So this book has been an inspiration for me to just let go, be free and take a chance. So thank you, Kelson J. Oh, you're welcome. That just makes my heart swell. That's beautiful. Thank you, Ryan. I mean, when I set out to write this book, I didn't know how it was going to go. In all honesty, like I was just writing and putting shit together. And before I knew it, it evolved into something like this. And I'm excited to hear responses like that, that it inspired you in some way. I hope that when women read my book, they say, Jesus, like, yeah, maybe I'm not in a place where I'm super happy in my sexual relationship. Maybe it opens some doors for people where they can say to their spouse or a guy that they're dating, Hey, listen, this is something I want to try. Like 
as long as you're a consenting adult, like you mentioned, um, why the hell not? Right. I mean, I'm older too. And I lived a life where, um, I didn't explore a lot. So I mean, Hey, come on. Right. Like never getting any younger, (laughs) but, um, yeah, that's it. And I think a lot of people have this stigma about getting old means, oh, well, you're getting old. What else can you do? Just wait around until you die. The no, cool fuck part, that. I know. The cool part for me about getting older is you get a little bit more and more comfortable in your skin mm-hmm. and you know what you want and you go after it. And if you Absolutely. don't go after it, then you need to read this book and then you need <laughs> to find that inner strength. That's awesome. I mean, like, I don't think I could have written this book in my twenties, to be honest with you. And you, you asked me if there was some apprehensions at the beginning of our podcast. And there was the apprehension that, um, like I said, that people are going to look down on me for it, or they're going to criticize me for it. And I'm okay. If people want to criticize the writing, they don't like the characters or the story. That's cool. But, but I don't feel that we should criticize people for their sexual choices. I mean, everybody has a thing. Everybody has something that turns them on or doesn't turn them on. Um, You know, when I put this out on Facebook and I started promoting that I was writing this book and asking my friends to share and my family to share, one of my biggest supporters um, that I adore in my family has not promoted me at all. And when I asked her about it, I, I just came out and said, are you embarrassed? Like, are you embarrassed about this book? And she wasn't embarrassed as much as she was worried about how her friends and her people in her social media would take this book. Um, And you know what? I have to like respect her. It's her decision. Erotica isn't for everybody. Um, Like I said, I never wrote, I never wrote erotica before this. I've always written poetry and short stories and lyrics. And um, I like romance novels. Maybe that's why you feel some of the romance in this book. But um, I, I never watched Fifty Shades of Grey. I never read it. But that chick made $95 million selling women a book about sex. Now, what I've been told, it's like that character is very passive and she's not the same kind of character that I built into my story. But there's definitely a niche for it. There's definitely women who are wanting to read these stories, even if they don't want to admit it. And that's okay too, right? Yeah. I feel you do what makes you happy at the end of the day. And if my book makes somebody happy, makes them horny, helps them get laid. Cause I keep getting messages like that. I'm like, Oh my women empowerment, sexual yeah. liberation, um, sexual confidence, uh, you know, erasing the stigma that women can't have fun in bed, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. That's, I love it. Like I just thought it was, it, it is just really really well done. Like it, and I do a lot of reading. I enjoy reading. And like I said, I, I enjoy reading erotica. I started (laughs) reading as much as people would say, you know, playboy, playgirl, hustler, all of that. Oh yeah. I only bought it for the articles. I actually bought it for the articles because I, (laughs) because now back in the day, those articles and the letters and whatever that used to make me laugh. But I just like literature that's a little bit out of the box. That's a little bit of a romance, but a step for, you know, it's like a a Sunday, you know, you've got the ice cream, you've got the chocolate sauce and erotica is just that cherry, cherry on top. top. (laughs) Cherry on top. Do you find that a lot of that erotica was written by men? Because I feel like 
I mean, there are a lot of female authors now doing erotica for sure. And when I started putting my book out, I did my research myself and I started looking up erotic novels on Amazon where my book is published. And mm -hmm. I was still taken back by the storylines a little bit and I'm not putting down another author. That's their choice. But a lot of these characters are the rich man mm -hmm. who saves the passive, um, shy, innocent female. And I just was like, is this a commonality? I don't know. So I don't know if, because again, I'm new to the world of erotica. I don't know how most of these stories are written. You yeah. mentioned earlier that you, you know, you listen to podcasts by men reading erotica and, you know. <laughs> Now, keep in mind, I will have to say, like, I haven't listened to every single solitary podcast that had a male reading erotica. So there could very well be some great ones out there. But I think for me, what turns me off of that podcast, like right away, is when the females are and their body is exaggerated. Mm. So about the size of their boobs, how flat, you know, like they have uh, like 32F boobs and 22 inch waist and just things that I they don't look like Barbie. They look like yeah, Barbie. And that just creates for me, a typical stereotype, a typical porn stereotype, which mm -hmm. does it make it right or wrong, good or bad? No, this is right now my opinion. And so for me as a female that wants to read or listen to this literature, I know what I want. I know what's going to get me off. I know what's going to turn me on. And that does not, or <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that I've noticed too, and I don't even know if it's a male author to be perfectly honest, because sometimes you don't know with the names that right. the author uses, right? So you don't know, but I feel that if it's a, a storyline or a book that emphasizes a lot on the female and what she looks like and how she can be so submissive and he throws her here and there and everywhere and flips her over and mentions stuff like my meat shaft and like what I talked about before, my taco and freaking my, my throbbing heart on and she was just soaking wet. Okay, first of all, if you're going to use any term like soaking, she was probably soaking. You better be getting out of a freaking bathtub or swimming pool because your vagina as soaking because you're turned on. That girl has a problem. Like, soaking. <laughs> You so don't for want to me, talk about squirting. <laughs> you know what? And I can even appreciate that. I can appreciate that. But yeah, soaking and her so. Oh, I bet you she was soaking. She was soaking wet. Like she oh was soaking wet. Soaking yeah. Wet. Like she's you know the dog that got caught out in the rain. She came in. <laughs> well, like, let I me just, tell you, when I was writing this book, and I was writing words like pussy and vagina, and I think you can tell in the beginning, like the words that Tara uses are a little bit softer until she really gets into the kink world with the Italian. Um, but as a writer, there aren't a lot of words to describe the female anatomy, right? And I personally, I personally don't like the word cunt. I didn't yeah. want to use it. I don't think I did. I think at one point I had the word in there and then I took it out, but I just, I didn't want to sound like I was repeating pussy and vagina, pussy and vagina and, and cock and like penis right? Yeah. There aren't a lot of words. But from a reader standpoint, I, cock's a hot word. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with the repetition of the word cock because I think that that's hot. And for me, it like symbolizes like a really big penis. And <laughs> like, like the Cubans. Oh, that's geez. why you like the Cubans so much. Oh, girl, you make me sweat. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Yeah. See, well, this, this is called power. This is like, all right. So I have a, one more question. No, I think two more questions actually. Um, we kind of touched base a little bit on our little dialogue right now, but after writing this book, do you feel that there's been a change in you as a person from when you made the decision to start reading or to start writing the book and to finishing and where you are right now? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I feel like a totally different person. I feel like I'm owning my shit and I don't care. Just like the character. Yeah. Like seriously, like I am a square peg in a round hole and I don't care. It's who I am. And quite honestly, you know, at the beginning, like I said, I was apprehensive. I was nervous. Once I started putting it out there, I was like, all right, as soon as I hit that button on Amazon to publish my book, I was like, and I think I might've said this to you. I can't remember, but I said it to somebody. I said, there is no turning back now. My big girl panties are on and I need to own this shit. And I know that there's going to be critics and there are going to be people who are going to come down on me for it. And I'm okay with that. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I've evolved as a woman. I'm proud of my accomplishments. I'm proud of my experiences. Um, and I'm proud of my characters. And yeah, I fell in love with them. So yeah, I, I, I don't know how you could write any book and not feel changed at the end to some degree. I you like know? the fact that I felt change in myself and I didn't even write the book. It was just, <laughs> it would just became such an eye opener of, you know what? Like we have, we have so much power and it's not even so much power as sexual liberation. It's not even so much about that. It's just the power of standing, standing in your own power, standing in your own strength, knowing yourself, knowing what you want, getting what you want, be it if it's self-love or sharing that with another person. It was just, it was such a, honestly, it took me two days to read it. And the only reason it took me two days was when I started it, it was like eight or nine at night. If I would have started reading it in the morning, it would have been done that day. Cause when I woke <laughs> up the next day, like, honestly, I was falling asleep as like reading because I didn't want to stop reading it. That's like, so great. Blind, Cause it was on my, my laptop. Like I was seriously, I was going blind. And as, as a writer, that's, that's what I want to hear. Like, and I'm getting such great responses from people, but it's funny how it's cool, but it's funny how people message me and they're like, so what's going to happen in the next book? Or did this happen to you? Is this your life? And I find it hilarious because I feel everybody has connected to one of the characters, especially Tara, if you're a woman and yeah. they want it, they want more. They want to know, they want to know where my head's at with the second book. So well, and that's a nice little segue. First of all, is this going to be like a trilogy, do you think? Or you're just going to keep writing this storyline until there's no storyline? When I first set out, I thought it was just going to be a book. And then I started thinking, I started thinking, no, like, I don't want to say everything in the one book. So I was definitely a second novel for, from this storyline. But I don't do anything in even numbers. So I know that it needs to be three. So oh God, I me too. <laughs> And quite honestly, I feel I know where Tara's character is going by the third book. Um, I just don't know all of the in-betweens. And it's interesting because not that I'm tooting my own horn, but I heard that a lot of writers will know their beginning and their ending, but they just don't know the, the stuff in the middle, all the good stuff in the middle of the sandwich. You know what I mean? So people say to me all the time because, and maybe we should tell people that there is a, a cliffhanger at the end of this book. 
Yep. Because I'm was, not going to read it. Because no, we're not going to. Let's not. What do my that. plan is is if you would like to, Kelson J, in I don't know somewhere else down the road, you come back on to Ryan Blue reads to you, and we can kind of do that little teaser and talk about the second book. I maybe would even absolutely love that. Oh yeah, maybe. Ooh, I would love that. The pressure's on to keep writing. Um, yeah, and 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 the reason I mentioned the 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 cliffhanger is because I was told <laughs> that I might get crucified for that. Apparently, a lot of people don't like to be kept waiting. But you know, you mentioned the teaser, and I did leave a teaser to book two at the end of the first book. So I feel that people will forgive me for that because that teaser teaser is kind of hot. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I wrote that teaser, teaser I was like, for a teaser, <laughs> it is awesome because I already have my theory or what I want it to be, and you won't even give me a freaking carrot. You won't even let me know. No, anything. I can't. I not can't do it. I, I love you, Ryan, but I cannot tell you. That's just not fair. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? <laughs> You know what? Slow and steady wins the race, right? You have to be yeah. patient. And uh, it's the anticipation, right? Longing yes. to be here with breathless anticipation. <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing. All right, my beautiful friend, we are going to wrap it up. So I'm going to say another thank you to Kelsey and Jay for joining me today on my very first Ryan Blue Reads to You podcast. That might even be my little, I don't even know. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having me. I'm, oh my God, this has been great. I'm glad you had fun. You'll have to come back again and we'll have some more drinks and share some more stories. Other than that, you have yourself a great night. Everybody out there in Cyberland, have an amazing night and look forward to a Russian and an Italian walk into a bar by Kelson J. All the information of where you'll be able to find Kelson J's book will be in the show notes. Have a great night. Peace out. Mwah.